Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in a guest room in Southern California using the power of the internet. And when we make a mistake that we know about, we add a coin to the adventure jar. Yes, we've got the adventure jar here, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration. And this Wednesday, we'll be hitting the slopes of Telluride, Colorado. Or as John has been saying all week, Telluride. Uh, Do you have to make fun of me for that slip up? Slip up. You said it like nine times, and then I finally (laughs) corrected you. Although I must admit, I have a bit of a hard time saying it as well. I, I did, because I read the name long before I heard it. Did you think the city was founded by a bank teller that wanted to go for a ride? <laughs> wow, a banking-themed ride sounds like the worst ride at Disneyland. The, the the teller ride. Watch them try to open a savings account. Ooh. Well, the Gringotts ride does well at Harry Potter World, but that bank does have dragons. So, moving on, Telluride, Colorado is where we will be going today. Virtually, of course, because of the pandemic. Virtually because of the pandemic. And because that is the nature of the show. That is the nature of the show. Are you just repeating what I'm saying? Am I just repeating what you're saying? Moving on. And don't say moving on, okay? Okay. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. John, what's keeping you cozy? What is keeping me cozy? Okay, no, you forfeit your turn. Oh, man, I lost a turn. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. (laughs) So... So what's keeping you cozy this week? The thing that is keeping me cozy this week is my night mask. Night mask. Yes, my night mask. I have one. It's pretty intense. So it goes over my ears and it Velcros in the back. And when I put it on, it's just the best. Like I wear it on top of my head at night when I'm getting ready for bed. It like helps to kind of lull me to sleep. It's the best. And uh, when did you start using a night mask? You know, I started a few years ago because I found that lights were sometimes waking me up, especially in New York City with um, sometimes car lights and stuff would come by and I wanted to see if it would help. And it totally did. It makes such a difference to not like even during the day if you need a nap to throw that on. And you know, once I started using it, I have not looked back ever since. Uh, And would you wear a night mask when you're traveling? I have many times and I will many times again. It is so great for travel because it helps to give you like a little bit of a constant and earplugs too. So I have my night mask and I have earplugs. That's a conversation for another day, but they're also great. When I put them on, I just kind of feel like I'm at home wherever I am and I just go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to say about that? It's just sleep time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. What's keeping you cozy? I have to keep you awake. Okay. Uh, What is keeping me cozy? Ugh. Okay, you're back to that nonsense. Well, fine. You don't get a turn. Oh, man. All right, fine. Go. (laughs) Okay. The thing that's keeping me cozy this week is daydreaming. Oh, do explain. Uh, When I have a quiet moment to myself, uh, I start daydreaming because it beats reality. Hmm, You think so? I think reality is pretty good. (laughs) I mean, reality is pretty good. It's just, it's never as good as what my daydreams are. Well, what's your favorite daydream then? Mm. I have one where I am walking in like a tropical jungle. Not that one. That one's a nice one to uh, to return to every now and then. 
Don't know what about that is fascinating for me, but that's that's where I go. Tropical jungle. We could go there. We could go there on the podcast. That that is true. John, you should do a jungle. <laughs> Let's go to a jungle. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is giving us good ideas. Why don't you share your daydreams more? Mm-hmm. This exists. <laughs> you could do this. We can go there. All okay. right. So I have a question. Do you think that there are any commonalities between daydreams and night dreams? Mm-hmm. I've never seen any like usually with mm. with uh with dreams at night it's fragments from different memories happening at once whereas daydreams are usually things i've never experienced and just experiencing in my mind yeah that makes sense oh i'm kind of getting tired from all this because <laughs> it's it's oh it's, no. no we gotta we gotta wake ourselves up with this we uh, do all right let's go to telluride colorado that'll wake us up yes let's get into it in the winter of 2014 a hollywood director had a little bit of a problem he was set to film a major motion picture in telluride colorado his ninth major motion picture where he would be both writer and director his problem the plot of the film required snow quite a bit of snow like literally a blizzard like crazy blizzard like once in a lifetime crazy blizzard this was a town and an area known for its snow known for skiing and known for having incredibly beautiful winters not this time this time it looked like a scene from white christmas i'm assuming you mean the beginning of white christmas where there is no snow yes because you mentioned a movie about snow to illustrate that there was no snow I am well aware. Are you? <laughs> okay. It was a bad example. The point is that there was no snow. Okay. Uh, the director decided he would hire the services of a shaman. Hmm. A shaman who performed a sky-burning ceremony in the middle of Towns Park. And a few short days later, it happened. There was snow. There was too much snow. It was the biggest snowstorm in memory. And that director uh, was able to finish his film... And his name was Quentin Tarantino. And the film was The Hateful Eight, which is a very uncozy film. It's pretty extreme, but the snow is beautiful. I read that Samuel L. Jackson actually participated in the sky-burning ceremony. I did not, but that is pretty cool. Do you think the shaman needed Samuel L. Jackson's help specifically to manifest the snow? Or do you think that anyone would have worked? Anyone would have worked because it was just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Telluride, Colorado. Population 2,484. That was in 2018. I stand corrected. 2,484, give or take. Nice recovery. The town is 1,420.8 acres, or roughly three Disneylands. With no stoplights. This place is a winter wonderland. If you are going in any season, I would highly recommend going in the winter for the skiing, the lodges, the sledding. I'm sorry, are you only recommending this place in the winter? Well, if you have to choose a season. Well, in the summertime, you can go biking, hiking, camping, fishing, horseback riding. I get it. Rafting, off-roading, <laughs> rock climbing, golfing. You made your point. Disc golfing. Wait, what is what is disc golfing? Disc golfing is golf, but yeah. with frisbees that sounds amazing see picnicking paragliding walking tours i think that's enough the fact that it's not winter and <laughs> via ferrata 
You would do Via Ferrata. Not in a million years, but for those who would like that sort of thing, it's there for them. And I don't think you would want to do that in the winter. I don't even know if they'd offer it in the winter. Um, so for our listeners, Via Ferrata means... The way of the Ferrata. <laughs> it means the Iron Road. I like the way of the Ferrata better. <laughs> Um, there is no way you would like it at all. This is true because it is on the side of a cliff. Uh, it's a trail, a trail. That, <laughs> that moves along the side of a cliff uh, where you have a guide and uh, climbing equipment and you are strapped into a safety rope uh, the entire time. But rather than mostly going vertically, you move mostly horizontally and you have a ledge the entire time. A tiny ledge. I don't know how you could call this a trail. <laughs> there is basically no ledge at all. And if it weren't for the fact that you can see where, you know, the ropes are that people hang on to for dear life <laughs> and, you know, all of that, that that's all that kind of tells you that it's it's a trail of some sort, but it's not a trail. But I will say the views are spectacular and I am very happy to watch them from the ground on YouTube. I would do it. I mean, I'm not the best rock climber in the world, but I would absolutely do this because you I... would you. OK, and you're not the best rock climber. I've known you for almost a decade and you've never rock climbed. <laughs> yes, I mean, <laughs> I would best. be I would be scared out of my mind. You're acting like you would go to the the, the safety <laughs> harness would let me feel like a mountain climber I'm not without the best rock climber. being a mountain climber. Okay, all right, that's a, that's more like it because you're it's you're acting like you'd go to Chelsea Piers and like rock climb on the weekends. <laughs> John has never rock climbed as long as I've known him. <laughs> so that's more like it. you'd feel like a mountain yeah, climber. I, I, okay, I want, I want the feeling. Okay, well. That's great. If I ever want the nice views, I'm just going to ride the gondola. The gondola! Yeah. So there's other options, people. I would not recommend, you know, climbing on a rock face unless that's really your passion. For those who have so far been unimpressed with public transportation in cities, I would challenge you to look at Telluride because it's really cool. I have seen so many views from so many types of public transportation. This view wins. You get to ride in a fully enclosed gondola so it protects you from the cold. Which is a plus. It is a necessity. <laughs> okay. It is a necessity. And it runs from 7am to midnight and it takes you to the nearby town of Mountain Village. And the best part is it's free! And the best part is that it's enclosed. Well, I think we can agree on the view. We can. Not only do you get to see the natural beauty, you get to see the town of Telluride from above and that it is inside of a box canyon. The town is located in said box canyon and not a chain store in sight. No chain stores in this town. And as I understand it, they like it that way. I think it adds far more than it takes away. Uh, if I'm going to choose, like, buildings, I especially like the Nugget Building. I like that it's called the Nugget Building. I like anything called Nugget because it is a good dog name, and any good dog name is a good thing. <laughs> and uh, props to the people who raised uh, the money to restore the building. Oh, yeah, that was so nice. You know, that's one of the things that struck me so much about Telluride is the sense of community. Uh, yeah, they they got this place uh, called Freebox. Oh, yay. I love the Freebox. You know, let's take a quick break and talk about that when we get back. See you soon. Uh-huh. Does your spouse complain about you breathing too hard? 
What? Yes. But how did you know? Well, if we got a product for you. Really? Yeah, it's called daydreaming. Daydreaming? What's that? It's when you use your imagination when you're supposed to be working on your real life. You simply have something important in front of you, like taxes, and instead of doing anything about it, you tap your fingers and imagine yourself robbing banks in the American Old West, being hunted by federal marshals, just you and your partner Walter, who's the most loyal hombre at Desperado like you could have. They even put your picture on wanted posters everywhere. $10,000 for you, dead or alive. You joke with Walter that one day he will be famous enough to get his face on a poster. You can see that Walter's annoyed by this, but you keep doing it because you like joshing him. Then one day he pulls a gun on you. Quit playing around, Walter. That's dangerous, you say. Then he says he is tired of living in your shadow and that he's going to collect that reward money. Walter, you snake in the grass. How could you? How could you betray me like that? And then you jump and you tackle him to the ground. You wrestle back and forth and back and forth trying to get the gun when you hear the federal marshals outside saying, come out with your hands up or we're coming in. Hey, honey, have you done your taxes yet? No, not yet. I was, uh... Uh, You were daydreaming again. No, I was... You know, I can't believe you would do that after all of the irresponsible things that you have done. And the marshals stormed the building... And then a hail of gunfire erupts. And you- Okay, so the free box. It is a place where someone can just leave something, like a book or a sweater or a toy, so that someone else can take it and use it. And the best part is it's free! Well, at least no money changes hands. It's basically a donation drop-off and pick-up for whoever needs it. I love this concept. They had something uh, similar in Berkeley, California in the 1970s, and some good people of the town of Telluride felt they should have one as well. So if you ever find yourself on the corner of Pine Street and Colorado Avenue, check it out. I know I will. And speaking of the 1970s, that's when the town reinvented itself. <laughs> I, I think we should start a bit earlier than that. But I think the 70s was the keystone era of this town. It is when the most changes happen in the shortest amount of time. I think there was a good deal of change then, but I feel we should talk about what happened before to show what sort of changes occurred. So, should we go back to the Utah Indians? You mean the Utes? No, I read that the state of Utah was named after them, which, by the way, naming areas after the indigenous people of America happened way more than you probably realize, and usually after they were removed from that area by Westerners. So not great, but Uh, that's at least what I read about the Utah people. uh, Well, that that is true. Um, But today they are called Utes. Really? Sort of. Please explain. Uh, So uh, they were called Utah by outsiders And then uh, they were called Utes by outsiders, but they called themselves Nuche, uh, which means the people. Okay, so should I call them Utes? Uh, I think so. Okay, so 
Let's go with that and apologies if we are wrong. The Utes had their summer living location in Telluride. See, another smart group of people who wanted to spend time in Telluride during the summer. Um, So every person that I've seen on YouTube that went to Telluride went through Montrose Airport, which is a bit of a drive, so be prepared to rent a car. But if you can, try to see the Ute Indian Museum. It's just outside of Montrose, and it's one of the very few museums in America dedicated to a particular tribe. Oh, that is the museum with the big statue of the mama bear snuggling with the baby bear. (laughs) I don't know if they're snuggling, but yes. They are snuggling. (laughs) You mentioned the airport in Montrose, because even though most people arrive through Montrose Airport, Telluride has an airport of its own. Telluride Regional Airport. It is the highest airport. Well... In North America. 9,000 feet above sea level. 9,078 feet. The point is that it's very high. I wish I knew more about aviation because I don't know if that makes it easier or harder to take off and land at at that altitude. It has to be harder, right? Or maybe not because you're closer to the sky? I don't know. Science. (laughs) So, to get back to the history. Yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent. A science tangent. (laughs) So, yes. So, to go back. Well, let's talk about the galloping goose. Oh, I wanted to go back further than that. No, let's talk about the Galloping Goose. <sighs> it is a fun name for a bus. Correction, it is a biodiesel bus to be precise. It runs on vegetable oil to be more precise. It runs on biodegradable vegetable or- oil. Oh, <laughs> Adventure Jar, first one of the... Alrighty, Adventure Jar. So it runs on biodegradable vegetable oil to be the most precise. I think we can be more precise. Mm, no. <laughs> okay. So in 1931, they took a Buick and they turned it into a bus. And called it the Galloping Goose. And they built a fleet of them. And they improved every time they built a new one. They would customize them for improvements and they would use them to transport people and mail. I love when they make automobiles out of, out of other automobiles. <laughs> So, to get back to history... You know, apparently there's no way to do this chronologically, oh. so let's not worry <laughs> about it. At least not with us. Yeah, let's talk about Butch Cassidy. Yep, screw it. We're already out of order anyway, so... Butch Cassidy was a bank robber. He didn't start as a bank robber. He didn't start off as Butch Cassidy. I mean, does anybody really start off as a bank robber? His name originally or the name he was given, was Robert Leroy Parker. Ooh, uh, tell them how he got his name. I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Okay, so Robert Leroy Parker was a runaway, and more than remarkably poor. He did any job that he could, and while working a dairy farm, he met a cattle thief named Mike Cassidy. Mike Cassidy did his best to mentor Robert, and surprisingly, even with Mike Cassidy's roguish influence, Robert tried to make an honest living when he decided to become a butcher's apprentice. Being a butcher is what got him the nickname Butch. But when he robbed his first bank, he left his old name behind him, and to emulate the father figure who taught him how to steal, he went by Cassidy. He would forever be known as Butch Cassidy, and that first bank that he robbed was in Telluride, Colorado. He stole $24,580 on that first job. That is like half a million dollars today because he robbed that bank in 1889. It's more like $695,918.58 today. Oh, you had to look it up. I did. But since we're talking about movies... Wait, wait, what, what movies? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you're killing me. The fall will probably kill you. <laughs> I thought you said you've never seen that movie. No, I haven't, but I've heard the quote. Charles says it all the time. He loves that movie. Well, that, that is a good movie. And um, <laughs> uh, that movie was shot in Telluride. Uh, along with the original True Grit. So speaking of movies, Telluride has a film festival. Telluride has a film festival that is called an Oscar Launchpad by The Hollywood Reporter. Yes, the Telluride Film Festival is a film festival <laughs> held annually during Labor Day weekend. Uh, My Dinner with Andre, Stranger Than Paradise, Blue Velvet, The Civil War by Ken Burns, uh, the Crying Game, Mulholland Drive, Brokeback Mountain. All of those movies premiered in Telluride. So many movies. I saw that they can show 50 different programs in 10 venues over the course of the festival. Once the pandemic is over, maybe we can take a trip for the Labor Day weekend festival. So to try to get back to history. Oh, in any yeah. Kind well, of... we abandoned that a long oh, time yeah. ago. Okay. Speaking of a long time ago. Ooh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the town was founded in 1878 and was originally called Columbia. This led to a good deal of confusion because there was a Columbia in California and delivering mail became quite problematic. The official story of the town is that they changed their name to Telluride because of the tellurium. No, yeah, I'm going to venture jar. Uh, tellurium. Tellurium. Uh, uh, tellurium is a, a mineral that indicates uh, that there is gold. Uh, you know, I heard a different story. Yes, uh, there is a story that says uh, it's named Telluride because it was so difficult to get there. It's a shorthand version of Telluride. In fact, that's still the town's nickname. Yep. The town nickname is Telluride. Let that sink in. I don't know. I personally think the town looks like a little drop of paradise. Well, even back in the day, it was something else. It was the first town to have AC public lighting. AC-powered public lighting? AC, yes, AC-powered public lighting, as opposed to DC. <laughs> AC-DC public lighting. <laughs> yes, rock on, tell your ride. Rock on. AC-DC installed the public lighting before they became the band that they are known as today. It's a, it's a, it's a small, you know, you won't see that many of the history books, but it's, it's in there. It's somewhere deep, deep in the, the archives. But yes, yeah, so the power plant mm -hmm. was built not by AC-DC, but to help with all of the mining operations in the area. And it was a party town, too. Uh, by the 1900s, there were 37 drinking establishments. 37 in a town that hasn't ever been larger than 5,000 people in population. When the Bluegrass Festival is in town, I believe the population is much larger, but I guess, you know... Permanently resident. Touche, touche, yes, yeah. that, that is correct. But your point is well made about the party nature of the town. I saw that during Prohibition, since the town was so out of the way, you could actually still drink there, and you could even drink at the county courthouse. <laughs> uh, but after mining practices dried up, uh, the town suffered economically until the 1970s, when they remade it into a ski community. Also in the 1970s, they tried to ban cars and just use horse-drawn carriages. Glad that did not stick. Uh, anything else? You know, it was the highest concentration of 13... It has... Oh, goodness. Adventure jar. It has the highest concentration of 13 to 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. Anything else? 
Uh, the Marx Brothers, Sarah Bernhardt, and Houdini all performed at the Sheridan Opera House in Telluride. Hmm. Anything else? Alpine Vino. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. Um, the restaurant Alpine Vino is the highest restaurant in America at 11,996 feet. Um, anything else? Ooh, the town's motto used to be Telluride, the town without a bellyache. <laughs> and with that, we are going to go to our community shout-out after a word from our sponsor. I'm Nightmask, and I've returned to the city after being injured by my nemesis, known as Nemesis. Every bone in my body was shattered, and after two years of rehabilitation and training, I have returned to seek my vengeance and protect my city. But first, I must go into this drugstore, because I need to get this prescription to be Nightmask. Sir, if you could please put on a mask. What? If you could please put on a mask. I am wearing a mask. I'm night mask. I know who you are, but if you could put on a mask, that would be great. But I'm wearing a mask. No, I mean an N95 or a cloth mask. Something equivalent to that. I'm not performing surgery. I'm fighting crime. You're committing a crime by not wearing a mask over your nose and your mouth. It, it would look weird if I were wearing a mask on top of my mask. It would be like a hat on a hat. Look, Nightmask, I'm not sure if you've heard, but there is a global pandemic that began over nine months ago, and we are in the process of trying to eliminate it. I know you've been out of commission, but wearing a mask is something we can all do to help, including superheroes. There, there's a global pandemic? Yes. Now, can you please put on a mask? If you need to purchase one, I have them right over here. But I have one question. Yes? Does it come in black? Ah, we're sold out of black. Ah, I'll take it anyway. Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is Angel Baskets. Angel Baskets works with Toys for Tickets, allowing parking tickets to be paid with new toys that are given to Angel Baskets for distribution. That is such a great idea. I just... I just can't get over how amazing it is. They have this holiday program that distributes food certificates, clothing, necessities, gifts, toys, and gift certificates to more than 100 families, 350 people, half of them children, so everyone can have a happier holiday. Gifts are wrapped and boxes assembled and delivered by volunteers just before the holidays. Their hope is to brighten the holidays for families who could benefit from some holiday cheer. If you would like to donate and learn more, please visit their website. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, so you can help with their food banks, holiday, school supply, and senior care. Yes, we will. Angel Baskets, such a cozy name and such an awesome idea. Okay, well, that's our show. Thank you so much to our brilliant producer, Charles. Thank you so much, Charles. And thank you so much for listening to the show. Yes, thank you so much to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate us, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, make sure to tell your friends. If there is anyone you know who you think would enjoy this podcast, please make sure to share. Uh, if you can follow us at uh, Instagram, or uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I'm an adventurer. Yeah, an adventurer that. <laughs> at Cozy Nook Explorers. Or send an email uh, at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. Yes, both are in the show notes, and we'd love to hear from you. We are always looking for travel suggestions, and just drop in to say hi if you'd like. Uh, we will be back Wednesday with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays we explore. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>